heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Uh, Hello, everybody. Um, Welcome to episode two of YWC Football Talk. Um, Episode one had a lot of hope. Episode one had a lot of just, like, yeah, let's just call it hope. Because why? This is something I really want to take seriously. It's not just, oh, here's me rambling and shit, but that's what today's going to be, unfortunately. Um, Also, too, because I had a co-host. I don't have a co-host for this episode, unfortunately. Britton's got some stuff. He's traveling. Um, But... God, I now understand the meme we laughed at of Stephen A. Smith. Uh, you know what? I'm going to find this thing just so I can play it for you all. Like, it's best... I think it's just best if I, like, find this meme, play it for you guys, just to make life... Sorry, I'm just trying to. Uh, here it is. I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. This today is one of the worst days that I've had in a long time. I'm not in the mood to play with anybody. So, yes, that's me right now. And if you want to know why, do you want to know why? It's because it's not that they lost. I can, I, I will get over the fact they lost. I'm just a fan of this team. I'm just a fan of Brady. It's how they lost. It's just this whole season as a whole. Like, I don't know where they go. Like the, the, the first time in a very, very long time. Probably for the first time since... I've been rooting for this team since I was seven years old. Seven. I've never seen a dark day in the New England Patriots. I don't know what to think right now. Like, we have... For years, it's always, oh, if we don't do it this year, you know what, it's going to be next year. Sure, we went 10 years without a Lombardi, but you know what? Teams have gone, look at Kansas City. Kansas City's last Lombardi win, my dad was three years old. I'm not saying he's a Chiefs fan, I'm just going back to show you how old he was the last time Kansas City won a Lombardi. Hank Schramm, Len Dawson, all those guys. Um, trying to remember other names, but I don't want to screw it up. This one, 1970. Like, even last year, too, their first AFC Championship game since 1993, I think it is. This is New England's missed first AFC Championship game since I was in high school. Grade 11 was the last year they played in a wild card round they lost. The last time this team played in a non, like, non-conference game, like they were not going to be featured in an AFC Championship game. 2011, I was in grade 12. I was in my senior year of high school. I am 26 now. Oh, my God. But also, too, I just see... The worst part about this is not, and also to how we lost, you know why I say that? Because when a quarterback throws for 72 yards, they don't usually win the game. No, it's not how this goes. It's usually, uh, the other part of it too is just the fact that they're running back. You know what? I will give all the props in the world to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry went out there 
and threw for a hundred and uh, not through. Fuck. He pat he ran for a hundred and eighty one yards. Usually, when they do that, they're gonna win. But it goes back to everything. The goal line stance, and even too, I don't blame, like, oh, for everyone saying, oh, Miami's responsible for this. Miami's not responsible for this. The New England Patriots are responsible for this. They went out there, and they did not perform. Edelman was dropping balls last night. I think Brady's elbow is worse than done. Um, I, and also, too, like, when I say uncertainty, it's just because next year we don't know where we're going to go because every other team around us is getting better. The New York Jets are slowly but surely getting better. Miami's putting the right steps in place, even though they got rid of some coaches like Chad O'Shea for some reason. Um, the Buffalo Bills are going to be right there. I honestly anticipate next year, if it's the same New England Patriot Buffalo, unless New England is going to be absolutely dominant and just run roughshod and be the New England Patriots of old, it's going to be coming down to December like 19th or 20th. Guess, guess what December 20th is? My birthday. That's probably when the AFC East is going to be decided. And as for next year, are they going to get a bye? We don't know. There's uh, Baltimore is going to be right there in the nick for a bye. Kansas City. Um... Hell, who knows what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be next year? We don't know. That's the thing. The whole unknown, the whole abyss, the whole not knowing is honestly one of the scariest things ever. And I, I say scary because, like I said before, I do not know this team losing. I know there's a lot of people who are New England Patriots fans who do remember the dark days. I actually have a story because I remember back in 2016, I was at WrestleCon in Dallas, Texas, WrestleMania 32 weekend. I was wearing doing a Patriots hat because I remember when I met the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I wanted to do it just to be funny. I remember MVP straight up asked me, do you remember the dark days? Do you know what it's like to be there? I said, I can. I just appreciate for the fact that, you know what, there are people who waited for years for something like this to happen in New England. For me, I got, just because like when I started cheering for them, it was right before they started winning, and I haven't experienced that. There's only been two times they missed the playoffs. One, I don't remember because it was 2002, and I was still eight years old. And then 2000. 2008, and that's your Brady towards ACL. It's just one of those things, like, I don't know. Even earlier this year, too, it goes back, like, if we win that game against Kansas City, if they allow that Nikhil Harry touchdown to stand, we don't play this weekend. There are so many teams questioning themselves right now. Like, look at the Buffalo Bills. They build a huge lead. Houston comes back. But that's even showing, too. I came on here and said, I think Houston peaked after beating New England. For all we know, Houston could go to the AFC Championship game. I think there's a very strong possibility, and I will be back later in the week to recap the Houston Texans versus Kansas City Chiefs game and also to the other AFC Divisional Round games and NFC for that matter. Um, I don't... Honestly, sometimes not knowing is the scariest thing in the world. I know I've said that a lot, but you know what? I'm not going to be that fan that comes on here and goes, oh, we've got six rings. Uh, Brady's 42. Um, no, the honest-to-God truth was our defense the last couple weeks were kind of shit when they needed to be good. Uh, Brady is probably more banged up than suspect to believe. He's been on the injury report a lot this year with his elbow and elbow knee. He's just got the general injuries of an old man. Um, and I'm saying, people are saying, oh, that's a waste of shit by Brady. He's 42. Like, what else do you want me to say? He's 42. Like, I don't know how you don't, like, take... From what he said and just go oh yeah he's fine no he's 42 years old and when you're 42 guess what you're gonna be hurt you're gonna be damaged you're gonna get hit and sometimes you take the hits it's not the same i look at my uh street and smith's football magazine and there he is on the cover number 12 the reason why i love the nfl this is his last game in a new patriots uniform was the most memorable no i don't remember that i'm gonna remember the fact that he gave me an undefeated season almost. Stupid fucking dance. 
Um, I'm going to remember, he gave six championships. The greatest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl. A game I very believed in that we were losing when we were down, when Robert Alford had that pick six late in the second quarter. I didn't, I thought it was over. And even last year, too. Last year. I remember everyone doubting it, thinking, like, oh, Ellie's going to win. But, like, look, this weekend was just... There's always beauty behind the ugly. And you know what the beauty is? Just the fact that we have a band of brothers who love playing this game. As for next year, I don't know who's going to be on the team. There's rumors how Kyle Van Noy may not be a Patriot next year. Um, the only hope that I have for next year is, you know what, they go out and get some decent tight ends. They can stay healthy. We can still keep Stephen Goskowski back and healthy. James Devlin's back and healthy. David Andrews, which was a very significant loss on the offensive line. Sure, the offensive line held themselves up, but they were Jekyll and Hyde from points this season, especially last night. Last night you saw them. They were Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I, Ted Karras did hold his own, but you know what? David Andrews has a very good relationship with Tom Brady. Ted Karras had some very errant snaps this year, which made me question up. So him, back with Joe Tooney. Um, the rest of the line, too, Isaiah Wynn will be there. Uh, it's just Cannon and... Uh, what was the other one? Marcus Cannon and... Fuck, I'm drawing a blank. I'm honestly drawing a blank right now. Just give me a second, guys. All right, so I'm back. Um, basically, um, what's it called? As you know, I'm not in a recording studio. I'm in an office in my house right now. And I brain farted on who the Patriots' offensive line would more. Such a fan I am. But um, let's just take a look at this. Marcus Cannon. I can't. Let's see. Ted Car and Shaq Mason. Oh, God. I don't know why that was so hard for me to do. Um, oh, and I got another text message. Uh, I got a text message coming in. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I'm hooked up to a MacBook. I'm not a professional. I'm not in a professional studio. No, I'm in my... Like I said, I'm in my house. I'm a kid. Not a kid. I'm an adult. I'm a grown man with a fucking mic that I got for Christmas and an arm and a windsock that I bought off Amazon. But, you know what? The I don't know where we go from here thing... But everyone declaring we're dead and in the water, you do that when we lose like four games too. I'm seeing people come out of here being like, oh, Patriots fans going all of a sudden, we have six rings, we have this. You know who also does that when they lose? New York Yankee fans. And I've seen I've seen a Yankee fan, I'm not calling this person out because I don't want to start something, but you know what, they'll probably hear this and then I'll probably get called out for it. But you know what, when I see someone going, oh yeah, Patriots Ragging about six rings. You know what? We got six rings. We're fortunate to have six rings. The only There's only one other franchise in the NFL that has six rings. There may be a third in about a month's time from now. Actually, a month today. Because you know what is in a month from today? The Super Bowl. 28 days away. Yeah. Miami. You know who's not going to be there? New England. You know who could be there? San Francisco. That's the third team. But you know what as well? The one thing I want to say about this season, it, it was great. It was fine. It was dandy. I just want to go on this little rant because, like I said, like the Stephen A. Smith clip I showed you earlier, how he was feeling after the Knicks lost the lottery, that was me. But back to the Yankee point, because when I see a Yankees fan go, oh, they shouldn't be bragging about their six rings, whenever I, the Yankees lose, what do they do? Oh, it's on to 28. Oh, we got 27. Fuck you. You know what? It's just one of those things where it's such a double standard. That's the other thing, too. That's You know what I did for the first time ever last night after a game? I shut my phone off. I stayed off Twitter. I have not tweeted. This is the first public appearance, a public 
outcry or anything that I have made since. I have messaged friends privately about what happened, but I have stayed off social media. Why? Because last night I really wasn't in the mood. You know, it wasn't even anger. It wasn't even sadness. There were points of sadness last night. I'm not afraid to admit I was angry at certain plays because why? It's just certain things they've done this year just pissed me off. It was disappointment. That is the worst feeling as a sports fan. When you are disappointed in the men you cheer for, sure, you're not the one out there making millions of dollars. I work a regular job. I would love to make, if I get some sort of fame or recognition off of this, that's great. But I don't. You know what? I'm having fun doing this. This is what this platform is for. I also, too, it's just the, the disappointment thing is the worst thing to feel as a sports fan. Why? Because you feel let down. You, you're not, it's not that you're sad, you're not that you're angry, you just like, it's like a sour taste in your mouth. It's just like when the girl you like rejects you. It's like when you get kicked on the balls. It's just a horrible, horrible feeling that you do not want to wish upon anyone. But you know what? I get it now, why people are happy. That's the thing, too, when I see all this stuff to you. Everyone is happy. Oh, Titan fans are happy winning? It's more or less people who just hate the New England Patriots. Imagine being so hated that people are just waiting for the day for your society to crumble and fail. It's a bitter pill to swallow, but you know what? They're happy right now. Why? Because it's, oh, it's not the New England Patriots. For the first time since 2011, it's going to be a different AFC team in the AFC Championship game. It's not going to be New England versus blank. It's going to be blank versus blank. For the first time since 2016, it's going to be a different AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Think about that. In the last three Super Bowls, New England's won two of them. Been in all three. Also, two, four of the last five. Yeah. 2015, win. 2016, lost to Denver in the AFC Championship game. Beat Atlanta. Lost to Philly. Beat LA. You know what this team, you know what this year? It's going to be someone different. Me personally, now that the Saints are eliminated, I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs who are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they have it. I think Mahomes is ready. I think he's ready to go. And two, you know why? He has got money to play for. He has got something to prove. He has got to go out there and be like, you know what? I'm going to be the hero that Kansas City needs. I'm going to be the hero that Kansas City wants. I am going to do this. Why? For Kansas City. Not for him. Not for his teammates, for that city. Because that city has been clamoring for a champion since 1970. Now I know they've won World Series in between. But you know what? The Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Royals are a dumpster fire now. But this isn't baseball. This is football. This is a football show. So I'm going to be talking football. I'm not going to get into divisional round right now because I want to wait for injury reports and stuff to come out. So I'm going to record that probably midweek, probably Wednesday or Thursday. I will be recording the a divisional round preview. This is purely a wild card look at I've had 15 minutes of your fucking time now to basically go over everything and just be like, hey, you know what? And also, too, check us out. I know this is on YouTube, but we're also, I'm this podcast is on SoundCloud and it is on Spotify. I don't know if it's fully up on Spotify yet, but um, I do have it uploaded to Spotify's podcast servers. The first one's still processing, even though it got up like late Friday night. Just trying to figure out everything out like that was a little... I don't think it's up yet, but you know what? It'll be up soon. Even though we're at this episode two now. But, you know what? <sighs> I also get to why I make fun of the Dallas Cowboys when they lose. I get why I make fun of LeBron James when he loses. I get why I make fun of the New York Yankees when they lose. Because everyone wants to see something good come to an end. You know what? Last night, it was just a blip. 
I think we'll be back in 2021 or 2020. 2021, we'll be back. We'll be back in Tampa or 22. We're back in LA. You know why? Because Bill Belichick's not an idiot. Anyone's going out there saying, oh, like I saw a tweet earlier saying that, oh, why would Tom Brady be good for the Bucs? He's not going to the Bucs. And also, the LA narrative makes zero sense to me in the sense of why would he go to Los Angeles? Sure, he may have a home there. He's not from LA. He's from San Mateo. San Mateo's Northern California. If it was San Francisco who needed a quarterback, very different story. But you know what? They've got the protege to Brady right now. They got Jimmy G balling up there. So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk more about divisional football coming up in the next little while. But that's enough of my time. That's not me babbling for 16 minutes. On to the wild card weekend recap. All right, so I'm going to do the famous Bill Belichick quote, which goes, um, we are on to, what the fuck is my record bar? Okay, there it is. Um, the famous Bill Belichick saying, "If you know what, we're on to wild card weekend recap. First of all, we have the Buffalo Bills versus the Texas, I was supposed to say Texas Rangers, uh, the Houston Texans. Um, my God, I'm, ugh. see, I'm just in a rut. I'm just in a very shitty, negative mood. But you know what, I actually don't mind recording like this because I can just talk freely from anywhere. And then you're going to hear me. I'm just sitting in my chair right now, relaxing. But you know what, this game was good. Um, very exciting. I'm going to be honest with you, I turned it off with about a minute left in the fourth because A, I assumed it was done, and B, I had my game to watch. I had the Patriots game to watch. And and my superstitious ass got, yeah, my superstitious ass didn't want me to go back and watch that game. Because why I get very superstitious when it comes to football, like, hell, I won't go to the same, like, it's just really bad, my superstition sometimes, my ritual stuff that I do, like, I gotta make sure, like, hell, I, oh, I don't even want to get into it how badly I am. It's like if I don't eat at the same place, like, once in a while or once in a while, I ever do that, oh, I got another text message, it's not about podcast, so... But you know what? This game, this game was exciting. Like three of the four games this weekend were exciting. Um, the only one that wasn't was the Seahawks Eagle game. This game basically showed me. You know what? It proved to me that Houston's better than we thought they were. Or not my whole peak. They basically, my theory of they peaked went down the drain. That's what happened. That's what happened. Houston Texans peaking. Oh, no, they just proved me wrong. J.J. Watt came back and said, you know what, Griff? You're wrong. We did not peak. Um, we are just getting better. Um, no, but this game basically proved me, you know what, Buffalo, at first it was a little like that, but then Houston was really resilient because they've been here before. Just my, minus Deshaun Watson, this team has made it to divisional rounds before. Now it's just, I think it's the ultimate question of, can they get over the hurdle? Can they get past the divisional round? This is a team that's never been to an AFC Championship game before. They have won an Arrowhead before, but... I got this first-hand experience last January. Arrowhead in the playoffs. It's like how they say every other stadium in the playoffs is a different factor. You know what? Arrowhead come playoff time. It's a very, very different animal. Um, and two, I just think it was just one of those things where Josh Allen, if he can get a weapon, this is one thing I forgot to mention on the podcast with Britton when we were previewing this game, the lack of weapon death in Buffalo, it's not like New England where there's miscommunication and there's just some awkward, like there's just a lot of miscommunication and there's not a trust factor's not there because they're just bringing guys in. Um, with, with, with Buffalo, it's just they don't have that deep threat weapon. Sure, you got John Brown, who's kind of like a Tyree Kill in the sense of he's short and he's quick, but he's not as explosive. 
I think Buffalo needs that explosive receiver. They need that, like, that Larry Fitzgerald character. They need what Seattle's got in DK Metcalf. They need what the New Orleans Saints have in Michael Thomas. Now, it's not like what I was saying. I said this on Thursday. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. You're not going to change that. And also, too, you're not going to go out there and just be like, oh, be Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas for a goddamn reason because he can go out there and he can ball on a weekly basis. You need someone who's going to go out there and do the same thing for you. Buffalo should look at someone like a C.D. Lamb in the, je- in the draft, a Justin Jefferson. Um, even though I'm saying this, I'm thinking right now, why am I talking like this? Buffalo's one, one team I hate more than anyone. I hate Buffalo more than I hate the Giants. Um, and that's only too because I went there to see the Patriots play in 2011 and I was treated horribly. Um, beer thrown on me, yelled at me, sworn. just wasn't a fun experience. And I was with my family too. Um... The big thing with the Buffalo Bills, like is like before, just an overall lack of experience in the playoffs. I think this game was the perfect. You know what? We're here. We're here, and we're looking like we look good for now. Sorry, I'm just trying to fix my windsock because I adjusted my microphone as I look out to a snowy, snowy night in the Toronto area. The one thing I noticed with the Buffalo Bills is just, you know what, this game was kind of like a, hey, we're here. Like, two years ago, it was, you know what, we're here, we're good, yada, yada, yada. They had a shitty game against Jacksonville. This was a, you know what, we're here, but we've got something to work on. We're here, but we've got to improve. Like, now they know going into 2020 what they need to do. You're losing Lorenzo Alexander to retirement, which is a pretty big loss, but they've got defenders who can manage for him. they got Trey Edmonds. They've got Matt Milano. They've still got Jerry Hughes, I believe, if he's on a contract. And also, too, there's that one guy for them yesterday. I gotta look his name up. But impressed the hell out of me. One of their defensive linemen. Not at all. Ed Oliver played good, too. But oh, I gotta look the guy's name up. He went to Stanford. I know that. Um, and also, too, when you go on your team's Instagram page, and I know it's like Instagram, like, oh, what the heck? When you go on your team's Instagram page, and it says, like, this. Like, for example, on Buffalo's right now, was the team's season. When it says was, that's just a heartbreaking thing to see, especially considering there's still football going on. Uh, where is he? Where is he? Defensive lineman. Trent Murphy. Uh, he looks like he's 40, but he's 29. He played for Washington. He's been with Buffalo for two years now. He's uh, all pack, first team all pack 12 with Arizona State. Uh, don't know if he's got HPV or not because, oh, they went to Stanford. Never mind. Um, I just saw he was from Scottsdale, so I assumed Arizona State for some reason. And also, because of the jersey, it first looked like Arizona State, even though it's the uh, Redskins. He looked good, too. Um, it's just a matter of now, and also, even though Lorenzo Alexander is a linebacker, it's going to be tough to replace because all those guys, all those guys, even two, get right here. He retired basically after they were eliminated because he said, you know what? Enough's enough. He, he was done. Also, the. Uh, Golden Globes are right now, but I really don't care. Oh, just on Twitter, by the way. Um, but yeah, so that's the big thing with the um, perspective of the Buffalo-Houston game, which is what? That Buffalo, for as good as they were, got that wake-up call of the playoffs are a different animal. I think if Buffalo, they aren't hosting a play unless the Patriots do indeed go off Max Kellerman's cliff theory, I don't think they'll be hosting a playoff game until... Brady rides off into the sunset or is no longer wearing a New England Patriots uniform. But I think if Buffalo next year, like if Buffalo goes in plays like that and the way New England played last night, I think the Bills win that game. And you know what? If the Bills were a six seed, they're going to Baltimore, which I know last week I said Baltimore, Baltimore. But you know what? Episode one, 
room for mistake, room for improvement. Like, there's all that. There's, like, I don't know how much more I can do. And also, too, um, the thing I look at the Bills with is, you know what, they can use this as a stepping stone in the right direction of, you know what, we are good for next year. For the first time in a long time, too, unlike this year of New England where there's a lot of uh, questions, with Buffalo, there's not questions going into the offseason. It's, hey, if we can get a receiver, if we can, uh, Singletary's a good running back. Um, the only thing, too, I would tweak is you're going to have to find a replacement for Lorenzo Alexander, and you're going to have to, um, I was about to say secondary help, but their secondary is looking fine. Like, Tredavious White's a good cornerback. You got Jordan Poyer back there. You got Micah Hyde. Like, they're looking good. It's just that receiver factor. If they can get a receiver in there, because like they have Lee Smith and Dawson, Dawson Knox, who are tight ends. But if you can get a receiver in there who's going to ball for you and make big plays, they're going to be that force of, hey, they're knocking on the door right now for the division. They'll be knocking even more. And also, too, I just want to take a look at their schedule quickly because I know next year, like the schedule's not out. It's not like baseball, but they for some weird reason, they release it like years in advance. Um, or baseball work comes like eight months before the season even starts. Next year, they play, obviously, all AFC East teams. But here's where it gets funny for them. They go to Kansas City. They're going to host the Steelers. They go to the Titans. They're going to play Denver, who's going to be good next year with a full season of lock. Um, the Raiders, who knows? That Raiders is the ba- Raiders and the Chargers that are question marks. You're going to have to play San Francisco. You're going to have to play Seattle. You're going to have to play the Rams. You're going to have to play the Cardinals, who are an offensive line away from... Looking like they're not, not not when I say knocking at the door, I mean knocking at the door for a wild card. This year the Arizona Cardinals went five ten and one, which is improvements on them from their season prior. And they went three and thirteen. Sure, they technically did that, but like this year too, how like when they won games, and they also did this bad stretch from week seven till week fifteen without winning. Um, but then they like they beat teams like Seattle, they beat Cleveland, they beat Atlanta. Sure, the only other wins were against the Giants and the Bengals, but still. I'm looking at, I look at the Arizona Cardinals and go, you know what, if they can get an offensive line and some more defensive help, who knows what they can be. Also, I've been some weird soft spot for the Cardinals. I don't know why. Um, but no, next year, too, with the Bills playing the opponents that they are playing, it's going to be very interesting. Because if you look at the schedule for them from this year, let's just take a look at their schedule. Okay, Jets and Giants, yeah. Bengals, eh. Patriots, that was a loss. At the Titans, they played the Titans before the Titans became the Titans we know them as now in January 2020. Dolphins, Eagles, Redskins, Browns, Broncos. There's the thing. Uh, Browns, Broncos. While they played the Browns and the Broncos, even though the Patriots played the Browns and the Broncos, that's why they played the old Titans and they played the Denver Broncos. Patriots were stuck playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to see how Buffalo matches up with Patrick Mahomes. If they can do that... They will impress me, but it's just that's the one big factor too. Buffalo, the only playoff team they really beat in there was no one. They lost to the Patriots twice. They lost the Eagles badly, thirty-one to thirteen. Where just looking at the box summary, um, they were at one point it was only eleven to seven, but you know what? They allowed thirteen points in the third quarter, and they. Uh, they had two between Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. They had two hundred and eighteen rushing yards. Like you're not like it's like I said yesterday with Henry doing one eighty two. You're not going to win when they're rushing. If they can, if one person alone, if you get a duo rushing for over one hundred and twenty minimum, you're not going to win that game, no matter who you are. 
So yeah, that's my two cents on that. But that was the big thing about yesterday's game was just, you know what? Houston, you proved me wrong. But I still think you need offensive line work because yesterday Buffalo was getting to them pretty easily. And I was watching with my girlfriend, as many, well, yeah, everyone knows. Um, or, yeah, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you don't, or I'm going to say Facebook because only certain people have me on Facebook. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's a girl I always post with. She was even saying to me, holy, this Buffalo's getting to them. Houston's offensive line's bad. They need help. If they get help on that offensive line, the rest of this team stays together. They're going to get Lamar Miller. That's the one big factor, too. Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson Jr. have been doing really good running the ball with them. They're getting Lamar Miller back for 2020, who had a torn ACL in the preseason. I remember that. It was a weird day. Andrew Luck retired. Lamar Miller tore his ACL. That's the one big factor. Lamar Miller in 2018 had a great season for the Houston Texans. So if the Houston Texans can get Lamar Miller back, get some offensive line help, maybe get another tight end in there, to compliment Darren Fells. And you know what, too? If Will Fuller can stay healthy, this team's a legitimate contender for Tampa. And guess who's won a title in Tampa, Tampa in 2017? That's right. Deshaun Watson with one second left. That amazing throw to Hunter Renfro. Um, but anyway, guys, I got to go get a drink. So after that, we're going to take a quick break. And then I will be back to talk about the most depressing game of the weekend. I'll be back in a sec. Ah. <sighs> You know that feeling of rip the band-aid off? This is the rip the band-aid off. Um, oh fuck. Um, to you, seems like forever. To me, um, I stopped and there's a couple things I did. And now I'm back doing this. Patriots Titans. Oh. God, I, like, I gotta drink water before, but man, I need, like, oh god. This is gonna be tough. Gonna be tough. This was one of only two times I've ever turned off a game before the game was officially done. Um, no, I didn't stop watching in the third quarter. But you know how I said earlier in my rant, there were many emotions displayed by me last night. You know what? The more I think about it, you know what? Derrick Henry kicked our ass, plain and simple. That's what happened. Derrick Henry ran into Gillette Stadium, ran wild in Foxborough. And now the Titans are going to play the Baltimore Ravens, and we're sitting at home until September 13th, because you know we're not playing, excuse me, we are not playing on September 10th, unless the Kansas City Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl and they do that matchup between the two of us, but I doubt that. The better matchup for that is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, yes, but... There's so many things that went wrong with this. There was community miscommunications. There was the like we when we got opportunities to capitalize, like the Deron Harmon pick, we didn't do it. It's that simple. You know how they say you play to win the game? Tennessee did that perfectly last night, and we did not. There's no other way to say it. Like, do you want me to sugarcoat it for you? We playing out did not play well last night. Our defense held us in there, but you know what? It was too little too late because by the time we started doing the goal line stance defense on the opponent's 34-yard line, Derrick Henry already already had over 140 rushing yards. He had 120 before half. And like what Romo said, even to the whole talk about... The other thing that was making me mad was just, A, what Vrabel did with that punting situation, which bled the clock about 45 seconds. Like, just punt... Like, you literally, like, just watching that, it was just infuriating. And then, too, for Tom to, like, go out there and then make errant throws, or just, like, even to the pick that slipped through Logan Ryan's hands. Like, 
it was one of those things I was looking at him like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But the only touchdown we got was a Julian Edelman jet sweep to the right. We almost had them because why we tried going for it on that. Um, they stopped us when we tried doing the 30 inches with Landon Roberts. I don't know why we tried doing that again. <sighs> Man, Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel were ready. I don't know what we had to do. Like, that's all I want to say about this game was just that's that's what happened. They outplayed us, plain and simple. It's, it, it hurts me to say that. Like, tearing at me on the inside. That we got outplayed, that we got outmanned, we got out-hustled. Now, this game was later, and I went to bed after the game, but I couldn't fall asleep right away. Like, it took me a while to fall asleep last night. I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I, I didn't cry myself to sleep. I There was a couple tears shed, because why? Just, like I said, disappointment when you realize it's over. When your realization of the, your season's over at the beginning of January... When there's still another, like, there's 11 games, there's still 7 games to be played, and you're not going to be featured in any of them. It's a shitty feeling. Like, I can vouch for, I don't know, vouch, I can, is this how it feels when your team's not in the playoffs? When year after year, that last weekend of December is the last time you're going to see your team play for 9 months. Think about it. It just straight up sucks, dude. Like I said earlier, where we go from here, I don't know. What we do from here, I don't know. That's that, that's the worst part. The where do we go, what do we do? Simple, I don't know. And before everyone gets on me about, oh, you shut your TV off, you're not a fan... Yeah, I may have been mad. Yeah, I may have been a little bit mad at Tom last night for some of the stuff he's been doing. But you know why I turned off the TV? Because he threw a pick with less than 20 seconds to go that sealed the game. I pulled a SpongeBob meme. I, I'm a head out. That's what I did. As soon as that game was done, it was just... Do you ever remember that Simpsons episode where Bart fell in love with his next-door neighbor? And then there was the... He had the drink when she had... And then the girl who had a crush on Jimbo, who was in a relationship with Jimbo Jones... Bart found out, and then she went into her, when she went, basically took her hand, went right into his heart, like to his chest, ripped his heart out. That's what happened when Logan Ryan made that pick last night. Like, just my, just like someone took out, like, just ripped my heart out. It was just awful. Awful, awful. It wasn't fun. I did not enjoy it. But you know what? That's all we can do. I don't want to say we're on to the postseason. Like, we are. It's our postseason now. We're in, the season's done. Now it's the questions of, where do we go from here? Who do we sign? And what do we do about Tom? That's all. It's, uh, it's going to be a huge focal point on the podcast going forward. I'm not going to talk about it again probably for another month or so. It may, like, it's going to eat me up. Like, when I'm watching, I'm going to watch the game Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday night too because guess what next for some reason they decided to bump all the games up from the start time of one o'clock like it's usually like today it was 105 and 440 divisional round weekends usually that too this year they're bumping up to 305 and 640 so today's saints vikings game was the last one o'clock game until september 13th think about that and also too philadelphia eagles fans Orleans saints fans buffalo bills fans 
We're all in the same boat. Our seasons are over. And with that being said, I'm done. I'm done talking about the Patriots. I'm done talk. Let's talk Saints Vikings right after this. And I am back to talk the NFC side of things. The NFC. I don't want to take too much of your time up. But man, the Saints Vikings game. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't watch a whole lot of it because I was focused on my country winning gold at the World Junior Hockey Championships in Ostrava, Czech Republic. But from what I saw from this game and from what I saw from the highlights, you know what? Dalvin Cook was Dalvin Cook. New Orleans had some critical turnovers. And instead of the Minneapolis Miracle with Stephon Diggs, you had a bomb with Adam Thielen. But, man, just the fact that they let that play go with Kyle Rudolph, he pushed off. It's like last night, too. There was some missed calls last night, too. I don't know how the Saints keep getting fucked like this. I don't know how. Again, it just must suck. Last three years in a row, you have the Minneapolis Miracle, you have the awful incident last year, and now you have this. Guarantee you Carl Chaffers is never going to rough a game in New Orleans again. Like, I've seen videos of fans throwing shit at them. Like, I don't know why the Saints keep getting fucked over like this. Like, you got to treat every single team the same. It's not like, oh, hey, they changed the rules. You want to know why they changed the rules? Because someone didn't throw a flag. If they had thrown a flag last year and the Saints went to Atlanta, just imagine that. If it was New Orleans and New England in the Super Bowl, we would have gotten Brady versus Breeze. We would have gotten none of this bullshit with the review. Past def- You're allowed to challenge pass interference. And even fact, too, that the only one that I saw get overturned was against the Saints. You know how I said earlier, it feels like a kick in the balls? Like, the, like they get kicked in the balls multiple times. Like, sure, too, today, their defense let up some plays. But you know what, too? I don't know. I saw, We all thought the Saints were going to kick their ass today. I do not know how San Francisco does not bully Kirk Cousins come Saturday. I don't think anybody expected them to be in this position. I don't think anyone did. I didn't. I thought for sure the Saints were going to just have a day when the opposite happened. It's just another case of, you know what? Playoff football is an unexpected animal. It's the anything can happen factor. It's the any given Sunday factor. Look at New England the last two weeks. I know I keep talking about them, but you know what? It's true. Week 17. We were going to take care of Miami. No problem this week. We'd be sitting pretty. You know what? I do not factor the Miami Dolphins. No. We could have won the Kansas City game. We could have battled back. Uh, well, Houston would have been a little bit difficult, but we should have won the Kansas City game. We got screwed. Like with New Orleans. New Orleans, what? Like, it's just the what-if factors for football are what eat at a fan the most. Saints, what if Stephon Diggs didn't get tackled? What if Stephon Diggs gets tackled? What if they throw a flag? What if they make it OPI? What if Will Lutz makes that field goal? Playing the what-if card in sports is one of the most difficult cards to play. Because you look at a team and go, what if? Pittsburgh had it this year with getting hurt, with losing franchise talent, even though Antonio Brown may have been for the better. But even though... I think if Antonio Brown's a Patriot, we had a buy. I think so. 
I keep talking about the Patriots. Man, it just fucking sucks. Ugh, I'm going to watch divisional football and not have to worry. I'm going to have to watch the Super Bowl this year and not worry about who wins. The more I think about it, I want to worry. I want to be stressed up for two weeks thinking about, oh, will the Patriots win? Oh, what's going to happen? I want that. I live for that. I'm not going to be able to do that. And now Saints fans is the same way. Everyone thought this year, and even too, Brent, how we said it feels like this year's all in. They have questions going in the offseason, too. you got to sign Alvin Kamara. you got to sign Teddy Bridgewater. you got to sign Drew Brees. Even though Alvin Kamara, yeah, he's going to get his money. He's going to get his pay. It's just like what Batsway said. The Saints have the what-if card every time, and honestly, it must suck. I live with two Saints fans. I feel their pain. Like, they were just silent. Why? Because, like, with me with the Logan Ryan catch, you knew when Thielen made that catch, more than likely, it was game over. You know what? They did a great job of stopping Dalvin Cook. In the in field goal in, in the goal line, great goal line defense by the Saints there. But man, just Kyle Rudolph's that weapon that just comes out of nowhere. He's a very underappreciated tight end in this league just because he's either not performing well or he gets hurt. Because with him, it's an up and down thing. Yeah. Anyway, on to the last game of the weekend. So we got the last game of the weekend here. We have got Philadelphia versus Seattle. Seattle wins 17-9. You know what? I missed the hit because I was going out for dinner with friends before this. Some friends. My friends in the military. I uh, don't get to see them all that often. So we wanted to catch up, go out for a couple drinks, and just enjoy ourselves. And I'm watching this game at the bar. And I'm going, thinking to myself... It seemed like Seattle was where San Francisco was last week. They just had their foot on the gas the entire game. Philadelphia tried to play catch-up, but you know what? You're not going to win off field goals. Except yesterday, unless, like, look at Buffalo. If, even to New England. To the first drive, I was like, you know what? I was happy with the field goals. It's good. Second drive was, we should have got a touchdown. Buffalo, two yesterday. The fact that they get that one touchdown and then from there they settle for four field goals and go to overtime was astonishing. That just proves to show that Houston really turned the gas on. Field goals will cut in the regular season between September and December, beginning of January, because I think next year we'll go into January considering it starts September 13th as opposed to September 8th like this year. But just the sheer fact... That too, and also to the Carson Wentz hit, I'm going to say this right now, Jadavion Clowney should be suspended. That was a very dangerous hit. Even though football, you live for the big hits, you live for the action, you got to remember these are real human beings out there sacrificing their bodies week after week. Just like how they say the WWE, don't try this at home. Football, they work for years to get where they are. And what do we do? We, cr- we criticize. Josh McCown didn't get it done. You know what? Josh McCown's a 40-year-old man making his postseason debut. He is the journeyman. The definition of journeyman in the NFL is Josh McCown. And today, you know what? He went in. Kudos to him. Props to him. It's just, when it came down to it, I questioned that Seattle defense. So Seattle, like, it seems like anytime I question someone, they do well. Or I doubt. Maybe I should start doubting New England. Maybe they'll win another Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But just the sheer fact with Philadelphia that they even got to this point, kudos to them. 
And everyone too saying, oh, hey, NFC East should not have a playoff position. You know what? It's a division. I think everyone right now is happy the Eagles lost because a lot of people I know, like the Giants, like the Cowboys. Eagle fans are hurting right now. Eagle fans, they have that realization that I did, that my dad did, that my sister did, that people an hour and a half down from me on the QEW in western New York have right now. You're not, the seasons are over. For the teams moving on, congratulations to them. Congratulations to the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Seattle Seahawks. You know what? You guys went out there. You played 60 hard minutes. And in case of Minnesota and Seattle, Minnesota and Houston, a little bit 60-ish, 70-ish minutes. I don't remember the exact length of the games, but you did something no one thought you would do, and that's go out there and win. Well, Seattle, no, and Houston, no, but Tennessee and... This is the first time in a long time I think that it's two six-seats advance. And both three seats are sitting at home the rest of the year and waiting to go to the Pro Bowl. <sighs> well, yeah, like I said, too, I think, too, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, there's more of a chance. I think there's more of a chance that Philadelphia wins, but I still think Seattle wins. I think there's just it's just more of those things where it's like, you know what, there. once Carson Wentz went out, I realized that he did go out, and I saw on Twitter, too, that... His wife got called down to the locker room. I was like, you know what, Philadelphia, you're in a really big hole to climb out of. I just don't think it's possible. But anyway, we're on this divisional weekend. We've got in the 415, 435 slot in NBC, we've got San Francisco against Minnesota. We've got Baltimore and Tennessee at 815. At 305, we've got Kansas City, Houston, and we got Seattle at Green Bay in the 640 slot rematch of the 2014 NFC Championship game. Um, there are teams, I'm still thinking about who I want to win. There's just, if it were up to me, I would love to see Minnesota get dog walked. I would love to see Tennessee just absolutely get rinsed. But at the same time, when I think about it, those results would just make it seem like, like, it it would just, if like Tennessee goes out there and lays a dud against Baltimore, it will just make me mad because it's like, okay, so this team did this against Baltimore. Yeah, they beat us. It's just like, it's how, it's that it's that head-scratching factor that I keep talking about. It's the head-scratchers. So like I said, the one, it's cocaine brown. What if? And it sucks. I keep saying it. I keep going back to it. But you know what? I'm a Patriots fan. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's what I'm going to be doing until we kick off a new season. I still think about what if we sack Eli Manning in Phoenix? What if Mario Manningham doesn't make that catch? What if they don't run the Philly special? We'd have nine championships right now. Nowhere close to any other team in the history of the league. But um, the teams, I just think it's going to be a very exciting couple of weeks of football. And then we're off for a week. we got the... We got the Pro Bowl, we got the Royal Rumble, because yeah, you know still I'm a wrestling fan. I'm currently wearing a Marty Scurll Villain Club t-shirt. And and here's the other catch. Then we have the Super Bowl. No catch. So basically, I just said the games. Um, I'm gonna I wanna listen to some stuff. I wanna gather some intel, see what both teams are like, maybe watch some highlights, and also look at pre not for, I can't look at previous matchups because none of them played each other this year, except for Houston and Kansas City which I think right now will be the best game of Divisional Weekend. That's the one game where I can potentially see an upset happening. 
But the other ones too, like it could happen as well. You just never know. But it's a beauty of sport. Any given game, any given Sunday, any given Saturday. I'm going to leave you this one note. He's going to be back in 2020. I'm going to be back later this week. This podcast, if you're listening tonight, that means I got it up in a reasonable matter of time onto YouTube or to somewhere else. Or also, too, guys, give us a listen on SoundCloud. I got to tweet the SoundCloud link out. I've been quiet on Twitter just for the last little bit. Why? Because I did not really feel like getting into anybody. And also, too, just a lot of this stuff just emotionally hated me. So what did I do? Sometimes you just got to stay quiet and not say anything. Sometimes silence is the best thing to do. I shut my phone off last night. I didn't see anything until this morning. (sighs) But anyway... I will see you guys for a look at Divisional Round, the third episode, Divisional Round, the Divisional Round. The only thing I got to say, too, is I listen to podcasts like Pro Football Talk, part of my take, and I also watch Get Up and First Take. Man, they're going to suck to listen to tomorrow morning. But anyway, guys, have a good night. Hope you all enjoyed Wild Card Weekend, and I will see you guys in Episode 3 when the Divisional Round gets that much closer. Goodbye. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.